Welcome to the most forward-thinking, inspirational podcast on the planet. Prepare to reevaluate everything you've been taught. Welcome back to the Mental Mastery Alliance podcast. I said at the end of last year that we were going to have some fantastic guests on and that I'd lined up a guest for the final episode uh, and he ended up bailing on me, but that's okay. Life gets in the way. Uh, My first episode did not disappoint. My first episode of the year came through. Uh, My last episode is now after the first episode, uh, but I think we can figure it out chronologically uh, where I wanted to go. And uh, at the end of this year, this man will be our last episode again. We're going to get it right, uh, come hell or high water. Um, a funny story before I get into this, I had a uh, an experience with a friend of mine talking about, I was trying to explain to him that I caught the flu, uh, the same flu that I'd had you know, when I was you know, 5, 10, 15, 20, 25, 30. And he was trying to tell me that I don't have the flu, that I had COVID. And I laughed at this because I said, how would you know that I have COVID? I have the flu. I have every single symptoms of the flu. Shutters, aches, pains, the flu. This is what the flu is. And he's yelling at me. He's telling me, you've got COVID. Jason, if you're listening, I am talking about you. Um, and I tried to explain to him. I said, listen, flat out, COVID is a narrative. And, and this is one of the things that's gotten us in trouble in the past. COVID is a narrative. I didn't catch social distancing. I didn't catch wear, wear a face mask. I didn't catch economic collapse. I didn't catch supply chain fuckery. I caught the flu. Um, and I'm handling the flu and I worked through it. And that's not to say that everybody can, 
And that's not to say that everything is different, but that is to say that other things still exist. When I was a kid, you drank that bottle of NyQuil and you did your thing. When I was a kid, there were commercials on TV where you had to suck back the Sudafed and head into the office because it was okay. It was going to fix you. Right. I'm telling you all of this, ladies and gentlemen, because I don't want you to live in the fear. And I know that you don't, but I don't want you to live in the fear of the narrative. Another thing that was brought massively to my attention, I absolutely adored this, was don't preemptively defend. In other words, if I'm swinging a bar at your head and you presume to know that I'm going to be doing that, you'll duck out of the way. But if you do it in a presumptive manner, you're going to give me the opportunity to change course and hit you, go swing down and hit you. And why I'm saying this is because every single person out there is afraid of something coming, so they don't make a move. And when they don't make a move or when they do make a move, if they make it too quickly, the powers that be, the other extenuating circumstances, anybody out there can then change course in what they're doing and swing down. If you duck under something that's coming at you too quickly, they can change course and swing down and hit you at the bottom. If you know something's coming and if you prepare for it, then you can duck out of the way at the last minute. And that right there will save you and the narrative from being able to quickly and rapidly change course as much as it has done. Uh, Long-winded intro. The individual that I have with us couldn't come with us last time, was late to the show. I love him to pieces. I'm not throwing him under the bus, but also because he caught the flu or a throat tickle or something. But today, making up for all of it, ladies and gentlemen, please welcome back to the show our great friend, Sam Crowley. What is up, Adam? You know, I might even have to cough a couple of times, so I hope that doesn't uh, offend you or anybody listening because this whatever I had a couple weeks ago that caused me to cancel on our New Year's Eve broadcast or right around there at the end of the yep. year. Still is with me a little bit, but like you, I've had it every year this time of year, so I'm not wrapped up in bubble wrap over in the corner worried about it. Just living life, man. Yeah, and that's what you got to do. And if you got a cough, you got a cough. I don't have any mute buttons. I'm going to back <laughs> up and I have to clear out, you know, but I think we'll be all right. I mean, it's in me. It's in me. And you, we just started the show with me grabbing my first, my quick bite to eat of the day and you drinking your, your smoothie. Now, one thing that you did recently that really caught my attention and I'm a massive advocate for is reassessing um, your alcohol consumption. Yeah. Uh, This was, you know, uh, again, ladies and gentlemen, if you don't know who Sam is, he runs the the number one motivational, longest running motivational podcast on iTunes. Uh, Every day is Saturday. It's uh, it's a show that he just literally shoots the breeze about his whole life and inspires and shares all the way through. And on that, you were talking about the, just the desire to be, you know what, let's see what happens. What was, what was that like, you know, to you to just sort of take that swing? Well, look, I'm, I grew up in a small town, Bradford, PA, the youngest of eight kids. And, you know, the seventies and eighties was different, man. I mean, yeah. you know, we, we, we were tapping kegs at 13 years old, kegs of Stroh's beer up in the woods and playing baseball and chewing snuff. And, you know, that was, that was my childhood. Right. Uh, went to college for, uh, you know, a cup of coffee. Uh, the Pennsylvania State University did not ask me back after my sophomore year, rightfully <laughs> so. Uh, look, I like to have a good time, man. And now I'll be 54 years old in June. And um, I joined a country club. I'm giving you a long winded answer, but oh, this, will sa- this will save you time so you don't have to talk uh, with your uh, with your flu symptom. But <laughs> excuse me. Um, when I joined a country club, greatest decision I ever made. Uh, people say, you can't afford a country club, so you might as well just not even worry about it. Just go join one. I love that phrase, by the way. Yeah. But I hadn't played golf in 20 years since I was in the corporate game. I was busy raising four daughters. One of them's at the University of Cincinnati, graduating this year, a couple in high school, and one that's in the first grade. And uh, so I took the game back up. And with that comes you know, a lot of great time with guys. I mean, I made so many friends, which I didn't have locally. I didn't have any friends locally. All my friends are on the internet because 
you know, when you're in your hometown doing what I do, man, you're like a pariah. hundred percent. You cannot be a preacher in your own backyard. No, nobody, no, nobody understands it. You know, you go to parties. Hey, what do you do? I'm CFO, CEO, this, that, the other thing, district manager. What do you do, Sam? I run a podcast from a Dunkin' Donuts in my car. Yeah. I mean, where do you go with that? dude? So <laughs> anyway, um, you know, I, you know, when you play golf, you drink, a, you drink a beer here and there uh, during the course after the game. Yeah. It's just guy time, you know? which is fine. And then golf season ended December here in Ohio. You can't play a lot of rounds of golf in December, but the drinking kept going because, you know, my wife and I, back when COVID started here, as you believe, man, it's just where I'm going on our third year of this COVID stuff. Uh, back in 2020, uh, Mike DeWine's our governor and he would give an update every day when we were locked out, like literally can't leave your house unless it's something important, going to the grocery store, everybody's buying all the toilet paper up and all that stuff. So Mike DeWine would come on at two o'clock every day and we'd call it wine with the wine. It's kind of a joke in Ohio. Like everybody, all right, get your wine ready. Going to go watch wine with the wine. And so, you know, that was two o'clock having a glass of wine as opposed to six o'clock. And then two o'clock started at noon and we're just kind of hanging out. You know, nobody's a lot. Kids aren't allowed to go to school. Nothing to do. I mean, I caught myself, I caught myself having a drink at, you know, 1030 in the morning. Now I say all of that. And I know this is going to sound like, oh my God, this guy's an alcoholic. I'm not an alcoholic. I mean, I haven't had a drink since January 7th. As of the date of this recording, it's been 11 days, which is fine. I didn't drink every day. Here's the thing. I didn't like the way I felt after I drank, right. whether it was golfing with the guys, whether it was having wine during COVID, whether it was you know, 11 days ago when we went out to dinner and I don't have an off button. Uh, my greatest passion is my biggest downfall. I'm a, I, I don't have a first gear. It, everything's fifth gear with me, everything. Right. So um. I was overserved by myself, uh, just kept ordering drinks and got home and had another drink. I woke up the next day and I felt like total dog shit. I'm like, this is stupid. I mean, I couldn't even go to the gym and I love, I go to the gym every single day. I do four days of cardio, three days of really heavy weight lifting. And I couldn't do it that day. I'm like, this is stupid, man. I just said it is stupid, you know? So I cut it out. And it's not that I stopped cold turkey because I would, I wouldn't drink every day anyway. I might drink two or three times a week. But when I did, it was fifth gear, you know? And so I cut it out and uh, I sent an email out to my list. I podcasted about it. I've gotten so many people got back to me. People said, I haven't had a drink since the eighties or 20 years ago or five days ago. And they, no, nobody ever regretted it, but all of those individuals also, most of them, not all of them told me that they had a drinking problem and I had a problem. I did. I had a problem when I drank. Look, I know what an alcoholic is. My mom was a raging alcoholic. I mean, yeah. I mean, it was beyond anything that you could, you've probably seen it, but if you've ever grown up in a, with a parent as a, my dad left when I was three months old, so I didn't know that guy, but my mom could down an entire bottle of whiskey in one sitting one night, every night, and still go to work in a factory every day as a nurse. So I know what that looks like. Yeah. But I also know that I'm this guy out here saying, you know, live your best life now and operate it. You know, I don't think people want to admit this, but everybody's a hypocrite. Everybody's a fraud to a certain extent. We, we right. say one thing and then we'll go live it a different life. I just wanted to be incongruent and, you know, congruent with what I was, you know, trying to put out there. And, I, and you know, when you put yourself out there, it's dangerous as a speaker, trainer, seminar leader, podcaster, things like that. But it also serves in an indirect way as a really great accountability thing, because it is, it checks you, you know, and you're like, Hey dude, you're out there getting drunk on a couple bottles of wine. And look, dude, I, I I could go to a Bengals game. I live in Cincinnati. 
easily drink 12 beers. Easy. I mean, between tailgating and the end of the game, I could easily knock down 12 beers and it wouldn't even be a big deal. And I could chase it with four shots. And, but the problem is what I feel like the next day and my kids, I mean, I don't want my kids seeing me drunk. So anyway, that's probably a longer version of it, but that's kind of how I got to where I am now. No, it's a good one because a lot of people, a lot of people go down this journey and they don't know what it looks like. And, and um, you know, for me, when I, when I transitioned uh, out of um, higher end sales coaching into life coaching and, and, and more morale speaking, business coaching and that sort of thing, uh, I, the same thing, the same thing ran through my mind is like, I, you know, I can't, I can't t- tell people to do this, that, and the other thing and still live this, this relatively unhealthy lifestyle. Yeah. And that was a massive, a massive shift for me. And like I said to you in the, in the, in my reply initially, it's like, give yourself 60 days. I don't know if you've got an end game to this or what you're going to do with it, but after 60 days, if you set that as your first target, like so much changes the way yeah. you perceive everything, the way you see everything, view it, uh, it, 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 the world around you is a different place after 60. I can already days. feel it. I can already feel it after 11 days. I can already feel when I get to the gym, I'm getting there earlier. Now I'm mean, I did 90 minutes of cardio. You don't need to do 90 minutes of cardio. I just do it because fifth gear, fifth yeah. gear. Um, and I'm trying to open up more highways, more lanes to my heart, get the blood flowing. So I'm doing instead of 30 minutes of really intense, like I used to do 90 minutes of lower intensity at about 70% of my max heart rate, just to get more blood flowing to the heart in a longer period of time. But again, I'm reading the, I'm reading a few books right now. One of them's called, uh, younger next year. Uh, the other one is how to control alcohol by the guy, Alan Carr, who wrote the world famous, like hugely best-selling book, how to quit smoking. Um, the easy way. And that's the real thing. I love simple. My motto is do simple better. And if you want to cheese anything in business or in life, relationships, finances, find it, do it better than anybody else and keep it simple. That's it. Alan Carr, uh, how to quit smoking the easy way. Um, was yeah. the, was the book that helped me quit initially, but Oh, really? Not, not, not directly. Okay. So as a smoker, I loved smoking, loved it. It was the greatest thing in the world hacking down darts, just, just absolutely in love with smoking cigarettes. Um, but you really aren't. And the, the neat thing about it is when you read the book, it tells you, you know, smoke, smoke your cigarettes, smoke, read the book, smoke all the way through. And I even did it the easy, easy way. I had it on audiobooks. So I would listen to this book three or four times. I listened to it um, while smoking and I never ended. I never finished it. I never finished it because I didn't want to be let down by the ending. Yeah. Right? So I was, I was perpetually worried about the ending of the book but what had happened after listening to it for the fourth time was shit really started sinking in and it, it was like a mental shift. So this was, this was the thing. And the catalyst for me in the cigarettes was the booze. When I did 60 days, I did like uh, 10 days. You notice 15 days, you notice 20 days, you notice, but 60 days, the alcohol has officially left your system. And at 60 days, I had no desire to stand out in the cold as I'm in Canada, a little bit more North than you. Um, I would catch a Packers game, go Paco. Uh, instead of that, but um, the the Bengals are doing well this year. But now, for me, it was the knowledge was in my head from the Allen Carr, and the desire became abundantly clear when I quit smoking. So, or sorry, when I quit drinking. Drinking was the catalyst. Drinking led to all the other things I didn't like that I was doing that I didn't even realize. And I said I don't have a drinking problem because I like you. I could go days and days and days without drinking. But when I did drink, it was go time. Mm. And that's, that's a drinking problem. And when I first quit, I'm like, I don't have a problem. And another funny thing about drinking too, is how we talk to ourselves about it. How we talk to ourselves about drinking is like, you know, if, if you said, if I said, I quit, I quit heroin, you wouldn't lean in and go, did you have a problem? (laughs) (laughs) 
But everybody leans in and says, do you have a problem? You must have quit drinking because you had a problem. Um, well, we all do. Right? And, and another thing too, spirituality wise, drinking is known as consuming spirits, right? And how yeah. many times do we get drunk and we become somebody completely different? Yeah, a lot, a you know? lot. Yeah. And that to me was, that to me was a huge one. And that's one of the messages that we push on this one too, is, is definitely, I don't want to say sobriety, but certainly a new take. And sobriety implies that you were once a drunk and now you're sober, but it's not. It's a, to me, it's a, it's a new way of life. Like I don't need those substances anymore to appreciate what I'm doing because I see the world a different way. And the only way you can see the world a different way is if you change what you're doing, the habits that you're undertaking. Mm-hmm. I agree. I find. Um, and I love it too. As I'm, as I'm scarfing down a sandwich, you're, you're, you're in fifth gear again over there with your kale smoothie. Yeah. Uh, you know, spinach, spinach, my bad. So you're, yeah. you're living the dream. You know, you have, you have this, this, this healthy routine uh, and you're really, you know, you, you got your foot down on the uh, foot down on the pedal on this sort of stuff. Do you think now sort of where you stand and what you've experienced, do you think that you would go back to drinking at this moment in time? Yeah. Yeah, I would. Yep. Yeah. Because um, for me, it's not about stopping. That's not why I did it. I didn't do it to stop. I did it to control it. Right. You know? So if my biggest challenge and I'm kind of excited for it is when the course opens up again and it's April and we have our uh, annual kickoff uh, tournament for golf, can I have a few beers and leave the club. That's it. I'm actually looking forward to it. Now it might get to April and I don't want to have one. That'd be cool too, but it's about having control. Cause if you're out of control, look, there's plenty of people, you know, them, I know them. there's plenty of people that go out to dinner, have a glass of wine and they go home. That's it. Yeah. One glass. They're fine. Studies show that a glass of wine, red wine is very healthy for you. So I'm not here to judge anybody about drinking or not drinking. I'm just saying I'm more interested in the control aspect than the cold Turkey aspect. Have you committed to 60 days or is that, that's a number right no. there, but I'm just checking this no, out. You I haven't should. committed to anything. I'm committed to today. That's I'm it. Committed. <laughs> yeah. I mean, look, I don't, I don't throw that stuff out. I'm not a big goal oriented guy. Like I don't put goals out there like 90 days. I want to be here or six months. I want to be here. I know I have a vision of where I want to take my life, my business, my marriage and things like that, but I'm not a big goal guy. I've never been a goal guy because I think a lot of things can happen. Life happens. I mean, it's just, I'm, Right now, another thing that I do is I live right now in the moment today. That's it. So 60 days from January 7th would be March 7th. That's an easy one. I don't think anything's going to happen between now and March 7th. But if a buddy of mine wants to go out and grab a beer and I want to try to test this control uh, button, then I'll, I'll do it, whether it's February 10th or March 7th or whatever, or not do it at all. That's kind of the intrigue part about it. Can I sit there and he has a beer? I wonder what, what I'm going to say. Am I going to say, yeah, I'll have one or... Hey, give me a soda water. That's kind of like, you know, that makes my socks go up and down. I get kind of excited about that. <laughs> my socks. I had, uh, I had, I had been a um, drinker of Coors Light, you know, not a big, uh, not a big yep. stout beer guy, Canadian Coors Light, Budweiser, the simple stuff. So when I quit, <laughs> yeah. I just instantly switched to sparkling water and that, you know, I bought a soda stream and that was the end of it. There's not much difference yeah. between Coors Light and sparkling water. I'll tell you that right no, now. No, no, no. <laughs> I would agree with that statement. No, that's I had good. plenty of Coors Light in my past. <laughs> Easy there, All right, ladies boy. and gentlemen. I am still working with a cold, um, but uh, and and the show isn't vaccinated either, so you you might catch it. You know, I don't know what yep. the rules are on this now. <laughs> I know it's surprising it's shut down. We got to do with the mask on. It's yeah, yeah. We're doing the podcast with the mask on. <laughs> That'd be right. the best. Uh, I laugh about this because our fearless leader in Canada, um, Trudeau, and I don't want to make this a COVID episode. We don't have to, but we just got to touch on this briefly. Uh, he has now mandated that every single truck coming into Canada, truck driver must be vaccinated. 
And we're already dealing with quote unquote shortages and supply chain stuff. So we just got a massive snowfall dump in Toronto, 40 centimeters. And, and, and the, all the city workers, um, basically half the plow guys had to quit because they didn't, they weren't vaccinated. They were forced out. So now we don't have anybody to plow our roads. Uh, and Beautiful. Trudeau just decided that he's going to, he's going to cancel all the import truckers that don't have vaccines or they don't, they're not vaccinated. So now our supply chain is going down as well. Are you noticing in Cincy a lot of weird stuff going on under your fearless leader, Mr. Joe Biden? Well, I don't think Joe Biden's our fearless leader, but that's a whole different story. We don't want to go down that political road, probably. But oh, we could absolutely go down. I don't. I, the guys oh, okay. in the White House. Yeah, I mean, look, we've got empty shelves here that you know weren't empty a year ago. Uh, we've got just people in our local school district absolutely crazy. They want all the kids masks, regardless if they're vaxxed. And, and you know, look, I'm, I'm not taking any health advice from anybody that looks like they spent the last week at a Golden Corral cleaning up a buffet. Okay. So, you know, I've just, we, do, do we have weird stuff going on? Of course, it's the USA. We always have weird stuff going on. Do I allow it to have any iota of impact on my life? Absolutely not. I post about it on my personal page. Here's the one thing I have done is I've never brought any of that political, anything into my podcast or my business. I keep that completely separate. I think that's a smart thing to do. My personal page is a different story. You know, I've had a lot of people unfollow me. It's fine. I get a kick out of people who tell me before they're unfollowing me that they're going to unfollow me. Like I give a rat's ass if they were following me in the first place. I mean, they have no impact on anything I do or think or say, yet they want to let me know right before they leave my page for whatever reason. (laughs) <laughs> I'm on, I used to respect you. I'm like, dude, I don't even know who you're an avatar on a social media platform. I mean, yeah. I don't even know who you are. So of course we got a lot of weird stuff happening in the U S and it's only going to get weirder. I had uh, a very similar experience. Um, I I've, you know, the mental mastery Alliance on Instagram has been nothing but motivational. That's the whole point. And I try, I, I steered away from COVID cause I knew I've already been shadow banned for having other opinions prior to this being a, a strong, a staunch narrative. You remember my opinions from three years ago. Don't look so crazy now, do they? Yeah. Um, But anyway, so I've been heavily shadow banned Uh, and I laugh now because I mean, one of the things I put up there for the first time ever in the history of that account was the real pandemic is how stupid everybody is. So in other words, that account just called everyone stupid. And the applause that I got from that was next level. It was, it was such an interesting shock. I mean, I mean, immediately it got the fastest pop reaction. So it got spread around. It also got the most people leaving me hate mail. Um, so I got immediately lost a thousand followers, uh, but we gained a few, uh, and we had a, a massive amount of interaction. Uh, so you see that, you know, even when the narrative is pushing, pushing me down uh, and I'm just using myself as an example here, pushing down the podcast and we're losing yeah. followers, just like you said, you're losing followers, but what you're, what you're doing is shaking your, shaking your tree loose of the, a, the people that won't buy or the people that won't, um, uh, yeah. contribute the people that won't contribute to what you're doing. Right. If you want to leave, go ahead. Like there's a ton of people to follow out there. And all you need to do in life is find your match, find the person that's going to inspire you, the, the person that's going to help you grow. Um, and if that's it the issue we have, especially with marketers, is everybody wants to play to the crowd, 100% of the people. Yeah. Look, the old 80 20 rule is you're going to get 80% of your revenue and production from 20% of the people. So when I send an email out or post, I'm only talking to a very, very small percentage of the people, even if it goes out to my entire list and I'm only talking, for example, my podcast, I rescue corporate slaves, teach people how to monetize their message message, and they want to start a podcast. I do it for them and all that. 
I'm not out there talking to somebody in human resources at American Express, you know, trying to get them to be a better employee. That would, right. I'm not interested in that. That's not my target market. That's for somebody else. Mm. Yeah, no. And you are, you are one of the best at that. Uh, so again, ladies and gentlemen, if you are interested in starting a podcast, you definitely have to go over to, uh, to check Sam and we'll have the links uh, in the show liner of, of the, the episode, but this guy has helped more people than I know uh, launch, launch a mission. Even if you drift over to your page, I mean, looking at the testimonials or just the people talking about how you help them and how you, you know, I always love seeing people be like, you know, I'm only three weeks in and, and I landed a $10,000 client or I, I got this, yeah. I got that all from the power of, of, of your voice. I mean, it's such a phenomenal, uh, such a phenomenal thing. And in this day and age, nobody's coming to help you. Nobody's coming to save you. So if you've got the ability to put together what you want to put together, um, just get out there and speak, have a microphone, speak. I mean, you started your podcast with your cell phone, just talking into your cell phone. Not even. I mean, I started it. Now I talk into my cell phone. Back in the day in 2005, I had a laptop with no microphone. I was just using a built-in mic. You can imagine how terrible that sounded in a big room in my home. And it just sounded awful. And plus on my next stutter. So every now and again, I got tripped up. I, you know, it sounded like Porky Pig on a meth trip. And uh, I just kept going. I didn't care. See, that's the thing. I did not care. I still don't care. I don't care about other people's opinions. People are like, well, that's narcissist. It's not. Man. No. I'm talking about, I care what my wife thinks about me. I care what my kids think about me. I care what my pastor thinks about me. I couldn't give a rat's ass what somebody on social media thinks about me. And my wife's amazed by it. She goes, I've never... You're so black and white, like none of that stuff affects you because my wife, if somebody, God forbid, it's never happened. I mean, if they took a shot at her on some post, she doesn't post anything controversial. I mean, she posts, you know, pictures of our kids and, you know, houses in the 1800s, but there's always some asshole that's out there scouting for this and that to try to come in the back door and screw up with somebody. There's always some, but they're doing it with everyone. Like they do it. It's not you. Like if somebody posts about Adam Walton, I promise you they moved on even before you got a chance to see it to three other people. So, you know, it's not like they even care who you are. They're just seeing if they can get a reaction. If they don't get a reaction, they'll just move on. You actually, you knocked a post out as you're speaking about that. You reminded me, you you knocked a post out. uh, You screenshotted your um, uh, five-star reviews and your your general reviews. And there was some asshole. That's just like, he's just shilling for uh, a thing. And what made me laugh about that is because, you still record, I mean, every day or at least five days a pretty week. Pretty much. I try to do 300 episodes a year. So that's yeah. not quite every day, but it's pretty close. So I might not do one every day of the week, but I'll double up and do two in a day or something. And that, you know, that's that in and of itself is, is you know, they're, they're not like super long. You know, you're not recording for hours at a time, but yeah, 10 you know, minutes. you're dropping an episode. You're, you're, you're using your energy to, to drop an episode on somebody. And mm-hmm. these, the, all of those episodes, 300 a year. You got one schmo. Yeah. It's going to be like, I heard this episode and he's a piece of shit. Yeah. There was a time in my life where that would have affected me. Me too. Um, and now a hundred percent, you realize that that kid, like you said, that kid's just talking about himself, just running his own mouth. He's, he's envious of you. He's envious of your success. He's envious that he's not there. He's not even envious of you. He's just envious that somebody else is there before him, which means he'll never get there because there's a million people out there doing a million things and you can line yourself up and align yourself with those doing what you want to achieve, or you can find out who they are and shit on them. <laughs> right. You're, you're I mean, you will never life path. You will never have a hater whose life will impress you. Yeah. It's, it, it will never happen. No. And that's the thing. There's nobody above you dragging you down. No. And that, you know, no. That's one of the huge things I've had. And even like some of my friends, because I've, I've elevated my game, my mindset and everything sort of as we're growing through this life. And there are some friends that 
really want to shit on me for doing that. They're like, they want to, they want to take my new mindset or they want to take what I'm talking about and explain to me how I'm wrong. Mm-hmm. And the way I look at this, if you, if you think about mindsets arbitrarily on a scale of one to 20, if I'm a six and, and you're a two and you approach me on a mindset question and I give you an answer and then you tell me that's wrong, this is the way it is. Yeah. You have to understand that I'm not interested in, in hearing why I'm wrong. I'm yeah, right. And, and that's not an echo chamber. That's me saying I'm more interested in having a conversation with an eight, nine or a 10 and figuring out how they got to where they are and, and the steps that they took and, and how they became what they became and how they think the way they think. No, it's, it's, it's childish. It's first of all, it's a complete waste of time. Yeah. Second of all, it's like my kid, my kids say, Hey, I need, why can't my curfew be later? It's not. And then they'll ask you, Hey, can I stay out later? That's a question. You say no. And then they want to argue why. Okay. You just asked a question. I gave you an answer. Why are we arguing about anything? Same thing on the internet. Somebody asks a question, you give them an answer and then they want to argue about, I mean, why'd you ask a question in the first place? You know, yeah, why are you asking you up for me? an argument? Yeah. Yeah. I don't want to argue with you. I have no, I, I have no interest in arguing with you. You know, and I may not even be right, but I'm not interested in arguing with you. No, it's not for me to argue. Um, And I I laugh at that too, because there's that, there's that meme, right? With the guy laying in bed on his deathbed and that little thought bubbles above his head. And he says, man, I wish I'd argued with more perfect strangers on the internet. I know it's crazy. (laughs) Look, social media. I'm not a big social media guy. I pick, I, like I said, do simple better. So I spend a lot of time inside my Facebook group where I nurture a group of individuals there. I sell high ticket coaching and my podcast. Now I'll post every now and again on Instagram, Instagram stories, but I am not somebody that I got to be on YouTube, LinkedIn, Instagram, Snapchat, Twitter. It's just not like that. So uh, people make a huge mistake with social media that, you know, they're out there. And I argue with people on certain platforms that has nothing to do with my business brand, but um, that usually was after a glass of Merlot as well. So I can, I haven't done that since, but you know, pick pick one or two platforms and get really good at it. But man, trying to spread that magnifying glass and shine it over 10 different things, it, none of it's going to get hot, you know? And that's not talking out your ass. I mean, I mean, you and I experienced, you tried a ton of platforms. You put the oh, yeah. effort in and, and found what worked for you through trial and error. And I don't like, look, it's easy to edit audio. Audio, I record a 10 minute podcast. It takes me a minute to edit it under less than 15, there's 96, 15 minute increments in a day. So it's one ninety-six of a day. It takes me to do a podcast that's down, been downloaded by 20 million people, you know, in 220 countries. Why wouldn't I just take that 15 minutes every day and do that, or at least shine that. And then my Facebook group, I love delivering value there, but again, it's 80, 20, you know, I'd say 90, 10, 90% of my revenue comes from 10% of my efforts. And that's the thing too. One of the things that like a lot of people sort of misconstrue is that you're doing this for them. And the truth is you're doing it because you want to do it. Anyone that's producing yeah. anything, I don't, I don't need new clients. Sure. They help and sure that there's a, you know, a purpose to what we're doing here. But the idea is I'm producing because I need to get it out. I need it to go out. And that's, you know, that's a huge thing. And when you're living on that purpose and when you're living in that, that general area, why not do something that you're going to love? I love recording. Mine aren't 10 minutes. Mine are, if it's just me, they're usually around 25 minutes. And if we're there with guests, we can go up to two hours. Uh, this mm-hmm. won't be two hours because I don't think either one of us has the, vo- the, the vocal test, the vocal fortitude to carry out that uh, with the sniffles and the coughs on that. Uh, <laughs> you know, and again, ladies and gentlemen, if we have coughed, I do apologize uh, as we go through here. Like we're I, doing good. I think so. I keep leaning back. I'm doing all right. But, you know, there's so many people that, that say I can't do it. And it's a funny thing too, when people reach out to the podcast, like, I can't believe you replied to me. I can't believe, you know, you talk to me. I listen to your show all the time. You're fantastic. And, you know, it's, it's, we're dealing with perception. Um, anyone can do anything. And as long as they stay consistent with what they're doing 
and course correct along the way, there's nothing stopping anyone from, from being anything. No. And that's, no. You know, I, I absolutely adore that. I adore the fact that people are out there doing what they want to do and that's being positive. So when you're being positive and when you're posting and when you're creating content and when you're sharing with your group, you're sharing because they, it, it's beneficial to everybody. Right. Yeah. And when you're shitting on people, when there's people out there just shitting on everyone, who are they being beneficial to? I mean, I, it used to bother me a lot, but now uh, it gets to the point where if I feel like engaging them afterwards, it's just an opportunity for me to, 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 sh- to show anyone who's reading how to handle somebody who wants to be an arrogant prick. Look, there's a block button on every social media platform. I would encourage everybody to use it. It's very simple to do. You click it once and they're gone forever. Yeah. So, you know, that's what I do all the time. I say all the time, but whenever I get somebody that just wants it, I just hit the block button and, or I get an email reply back from somebody and I just put them into spam. And so every time they ever send me an email, uh, you know, or the classic is the person saying, uh, unsubscribe me from your list right now as they're typing an email right underneath above the link that says unsubscribe. unsubscribe you know, it's like you can't even scroll down to the bottom of the email. So what do I do? Do I reply back and say, hey, dumbass, I can't believe you didn't. No, I just unsubscribe. I literally click the email inside that they sent me unsubscribing them and they're gone forever. And I've already forgotten about it 30 seconds later. So yeah. a lot of the times we take a, yeah, I think this is, you know, just an analogy of most people. We take a bad five minutes in life or a day, you take a bad five minutes and we turn it into a bad day. Yeah. You know, there's no need for that. No. And that's the thing. You know, so many people can just, you know, you can, you can, you can change the way you perceive what you perceive and, and, and it's that fear. And that, what I'm really getting at is anyone can just step up and do, they can just step up and do. Um, so many people will say, no, I can't. And you know what? You're right. If you're going to tell me that you can't do it, then, then you can't do it until you figured out that it's important to you to do it and that you're going to do it because everything that you can't do in a day gets replaced by something that you are doing. Mm-hmm. So what are you compounding? How are you compounding? And that, you know, that's, a, that's a huge one that, that a lot of people, you know, uh, they, there's a narrative shift that's going on and you're seeing it too, especially with the COVID people are starting to understand that, you know, maybe we've been lied to and maybe that there's something up and that will stretch out into further awakenings and further ideologies with regards to certain people and certain things in certain places. And then you start understanding that, there's more to everything around us and there's more to everything that we've done. And there's more to the stories that we've actually told ourselves inside our own heads. And a lot of that has to do with the fact that the whole world around us is, is making no fucking sense. It's collapsing around us. And to those of us who were more awake than others at the beginning and sort of saw this all coming, it's been a long journey, but, and I say this to, to, to other people as well, to those that are just waking up, their mind is on fire. So we got to ride this one out with them. But at the end of the day, everything comes to fruition. It comes to exactly how it's supposed to be. And I think, you know, again, we, we spoke earlier that nobody's coming to save you. So the choices that we make in life is like, you know, the ambulance will come and save you if you've had a heart attack, right? But you're sitting in a position right now, prime example, using you as an example, you've quit drinking, you're drinking the smoothies, you're at the gym way more than you ever were before, because it's, it's, it's time to be preventative, time to be proactive, time to compound in the right direction. What would, what, what kind of advice would you give to somebody who's defeated, right? And like, I'm talking almost rock bottom defeated um, and, and, and just literally without even realizing it, they're on the step, they're on the verge of bouncing back. Yeah. Look, we've all been there. There's three types of people. You're either going into a crisis, you're in one or you're coming out of one. And anybody that tells you any difference lying. That's why, you know, I get labeled this personal development guy or this motivational guy. I hate that. I don't hate it in the sense that, oh my I'm fine if you happen to call me a motivational speaker, but there's so many people out there in that personal development game. They take pictures in front of their private jets and their house in Malibu. It's, it's all fake. I mean, 
how can you even compete with that when they put you're comparing your average life with somebody else's Super Bowl photo that they yeah. decided to put through all these different filters? We don't live life every day with a filter. You can't put perfume on a pig, man. So if you're hitting rock bottom right now, I mean, I take myself back to when I had to file bankruptcy in 05. I, it, I hated it. I was a C-level executive pulling down six figures a year and stock options, running a $90 million division. I hated it. I hated it. So I quit, uh, bought a Quiznos franchise, lost it, went bankrupt, lost 300 grand. And uh, I'll tell you what, man, I had to go back to work in 90 days working for everybody that used to report to me. It was horrible. It was humiliating and everything. But all I had to do was get up the next morning. Let me tell you something, man. That took everything I could just to wake up the next morning. And I, I wasn't, it wasn't serious. Like I didn't want to wake up. I wanted to wake up, you know, and I had a purpose. My purpose was my kids. You know, I wasn't going to leave my wife and kids. I wasn't contemplating suicide or anything like that. But I'm like, man, what decisions did I make <laughs> that put me in this situation? And I kind of reverse engineered it. I'm like, okay, those were pretty stupid decisions. Some of them were good. And I do believe this kind of a motivational thing, but you don't fail. You either win or you learn. And I did a lot of learning back in 05. And I started to get some wins under my belt. So the quickest win for me was to start trying to make money again. And in order for me to do that and have health insurance, because our third child was about to be born, I had to go back to work for the, the same company that I literally just left 90 days earlier. And the pride is a big, big thing. Guys have a big ego. Guys have huge pride, especially if you're the man of the house. And you know that was everything. My pride had just been completely shattered. So I had to get to the next day. And then... 30 of those went by and that was a month. I'm like, all right. So every day that goes by, you got to do something. You got to tie a purpose to why you're waking up in the morning. Because if it's just to go get a job, that could be the first few weeks. Like for me, that was the first 30 days. Just get your feet back under you, get a paycheck coming in, get the health insurance. But then what? Well, then I kind of got the itch again. So I thought, you know, I Googled how to, how to make money with no money and just came across a podcast. I was like, wow, this is cool. Now iPhones hadn't come out. Uh, we just had the nanopods at the time. If you ever wanted to listen to a podcast, you had to do it on your laptop, which nobody listens to podcasts now on a laptop. It's all on mobile devices. But you know, I thought, wow, this gives me purpose. This, this is a nice uh, escape from the bankruptcy trustee that I had to meet with once a week and tell me that I was a complete moron. And then next thing you know, man, I mean, I, I wasn't making any money with podcasting the first couple of years, but then I got a coaching client Then I ended up speaking on stage. And next thing you know, I mean, I'm training Tony Robbins coaches and speaking you know, with you, you were with me in Toronto at 18,000 people at that event. We had that breakout room there with a few hundred people. I mean, with Pitbull and Tony Robbins. And I mean, man, I wish I could tell you that I saw all that coming. I didn't see any of that coming the way that the way it came down, but it was two or three years of you know, why am I here? What am I, what's my purpose? And now I'll be 54 this year. I was 37 when I went through that. That was 17 years ago. I mean, I'm telling you what, man, like the old saying goes, the days are long, but the years are short. And yeah. so if, if you're in the middle of a crisis right now, I feel you, man, whoever you are, man or woman, wherever you're listening to this in the world. But I will tell you this, you got to tie a purpose, even if the purpose is getting to the gym or the purpose is selling your first dollar on the internet or your purpose is just getting any kind of a job that pays, which right now in the US, you want to talk about weird stuff. They're paying people $20 an hour just to get carts at Home Depot because nobody wants to work. So there's plenty of money in the US. That's the problem. That's why we got 7% inflation. It's because we just decided to print all this money and there's way more supply than there is demand and nobody has to work right now. So with all that being said, tie a purpose to why you're waking up in the morning and that will get you going. And once you get going, you got momentum. Things are in motion, tend to stay in motion. So 
I didn't have momentum. I had negative momentum. Momentum isn't good if you're going backwards. Momentum's great if you're going forward. And once you get going, man, it's you know, it's like that train going down the track. You don't just pull the engine off. You'll find where it is you're supposed to be. And I'll tell you what, another thing you should be doing is serving others because it takes the focus off you and the blahs that you got. I, mean, I got small group tonight. I lead a small group. Uh, everybody's 80 years old, 70 years old. It's just a bunch of old people and me. And I'm leading it. We're studying the book of John right now. And I'm leading it. Like you would have never, I mean, never, ever in a million years, if you could have went back a year ago, even said, Hey, Sam Crowley going to lead a small group. Maybe we'll laugh in your face. Now they all turned to me. Hey, Sam, what time are we meeting tonight? What's the book? You got the handout and I got it all ready. And I'm serving in that respect, you know, because I love, and by the way, if you ever want to gain perspective, hang around a bunch of old people. One of them, my buddy, Ken, he's 87 and he's blind. He lost his sight about a month after COVID hit, unrelated to COVID, but he lost his eyesight. And he's been blind for two years, sitting in his house by himself, you know? So you want to feel sorry for yourself? Look at that guy. And he, he's so grateful that he's got another day alive and he can't see a damn thing. You mentioned a couple of things in there that I really liked. Um, 37 was when you hit your turning point. Um, I'm 41 now and 37 was when I hit my turning point as well. And I've heard that yeah. number a lot, that 37 floats through the ethos quite a bit. Yeah. Another one of my uh, favorite stories of yours is um, the not pigeonholing yourself story, the not selling yourself short story. The day that you got hired to be the keynote in Hawaii. Yeah. You want to share that story with us? Yeah, man. I was taking real estate classes here in Cincinnati because I was, uh, you know, starting to, again, worry, fear sets in. Fear is a powerful drug, man. Uh, it'll cause you to do some crazy things. Being a real estate agent is crazy. I, I love sales. I've always been in sales. I always will be in sales, whether I'm selling my own product or somebody else's. I just love it. Uh, because even though there is a cap, if you're not working for yourself, it's a way better way to get paid what you're worth versus just what a position's worth. So I'm sitting in real estate class and I get a, a phone call. I step out and take it. It's a lady named Heather wants to fly me to Hawaii to speak at their conference. And they heard my podcast. And it just happened to be a podcast I actually did record in my car on my laptop for about 15 minutes in a Panera Bread parking lot. And, <clears throat> excuse me, I was like, okay. Uh, she goes, what's your speaking fee? And I remember I paid a guy $7,500 to coach me to speak about two years before this. And he said, you ever get this question? Because people are like, oh, paying a coach doesn't work, doesn't work. Well, yeah, paying the wrong coach, you're right. It's a waste of money. This guy, I paid him $7,500 and he, was, he wasn't a very good coach at all. But he gave me this piece of advice that earned me a hell of a lot of money. And he said, if you ever get this question, what's your speaking fee? Answer it with, what's your budget? So I remembered that in my mind. She goes, what's your speaking fee? I go, oh, you know, it varies. What's your budget? She said, well, it's 25000 US. Uh, but, you know, we're negotiable. I'm like, no, no, we're good. We're good. We're good. So next day, they FedEx me a check for twelve five with a contract. I signed it. Signed FedEx the contract back to them after I spoke. They gave me the other 12.5. And at the event, uh, I had a landing page where I had people go to to put their name and email in. I had probably a couple hundred people out of 1,100 people paid $8,000 to be there, by the way. It was crazy. And out of those couple hundred people, I sent an email out, said, I'm launching my first ever one-on-one -on -one coaching program. And I just had a yellow sticky note of what it was going to be. I know, and I sold 125,000 of coaching. Yeah. So I went from probably $42 in my checking account to 150 grand in two weeks when it was all said and done. And literally people, I'd say, Hey, send me your phone number. I'll call you. And they're like, really? Like, yeah. Cause yeah. you got to remember right, wrong, or indifferent. 
when somebody's on stage, it kind of elevates them. You know, when somebody goes to see somebody speak on stage. And so they're like, wow, it's really, you. yeah, really me. So I called them up and I was pitching them a program and as I'm pitching, just writing on a yellow sticky note, what I think it should be, you know, and what we're going to cover. And like, great, where do I send the money? All right, here we go. And that was from, I never finished the real estate class, paid 1500 bucks to take it, but never finished it. And I ended up uh, launching a course the following year that just went crazy. I had all these different affiliates mailing for me, Bob Proctor, Joe Vitale, Mark Victor Hansen, all these people. And all of a sudden I arrived on this radar of, you know, speakers and I still, I was, how the hell did I get here? You know, but it was just that continuing to podcast that podcast in Panera Bread. I remember I was just like, oh, another day, man, no sales coming in. What am I doing? Well, knock a podcast up. And it just, you never know. You're one connection away from exploding your business. You just, you got to keep on going. Consistency, hundred percent. You know, yeah, that's, that's the term that keeps coming up in this in this episode. But that's and I love sharing that motivation. I mean, we talked about almost the same stuff when you were on here before. But I mean, you know, everything everything is is different now. Uh, everything is is brought to the forefront because now it's not that you know you're sick of your job and you can go podcast. Now it's like you've been forced out of your building. You know, people are forced to go home and try to work. We took off. The Mental Mastery Alliance took off when the when the when when the pandemic hit because everyone's like, we've been watching you for years. How do you do what you do? Right. And that's, you know, that was a big one. So to anyone starting now, I mean, now is the opportune time for you to get started. Now is the opportune time to really kick it in because it's, it's always, there's never a bad time, Adam. Never. There just isn't a bad time to go for your dream. And you got to get the money thing out of your way. Go make money. Like I said, if I, I always tell people, I would just go mow lawns. If I lost everything, I'd go get a zero turn mower at Home Depot and I would mow lawns at 50 bucks a pop and mm-hmm. I'd be fine. I, I actually, I love people. I love being outside. I'd give up the country club and all that. And I would just go mow lawns because I don't have that pride anymore associated with what I used to do. I probably still podcast, by the way, you know? So I will, it's because I, I love it. And going back to the very first five minutes of our podcast, you know, I grew up the youngest of eight, you know, we were in the free cheese line, welfare line. Mom was a raging alcoholic. When you replace gratitude, replace expectation with gratitude. Yeah. I mean, come on, man. I mean, I'm still a dad. I've managed to stay married, uh, you know, for 24 years next month. My wife, God love her, has stick with me on all the hell I put her through. And I'm pretty, you know, I'm never content. And that's just my personality. I am not content. I'm always, I don't want to say agitated. I'm just always like, God, I got to do more. Like I want to bungee jump in South Africa, but I wouldn't bungee jump in South Africa. But, you know, I'm just like, I just want to do more. You can bungee jump down the street. I don't want to be fake though. That's the one thing I will never be. I just don't want to be one of these douchebaggy uh, personal development guys, life coach. I hate that term. Um, Nobody has life figured out. I just want to be very narrow and specific in what I do, serve as many people as I can serve in a very narrow niche and live my life. You know, what's left of it? Well, you got a long one, Uh, you know, and the way I look at it too, I mean, I'm 41 and if I live, I, I hope I live to 82, I'm halfway there. You know, and if you live to 108, you're halfway there. Well, the mortality rate's 78, so at least I got that going for me. Not quite there yet. Well, the mortality rate also stems from you know all the food that we're eating is is so detrimental to us on so many yeah. levels. And when you start working in either fasting or you know consuming less, uh, it, it it's it's amazing what your cells can do. Like a 72 hour fast can regenerate so many of your cells. Yeah. If you've got the gumption, a seven day fast can has been known to reverse cancer. Yeah. So there's a lot of stuff inside of us. And this isn't medical advice, ladies and gentlemen. If you take part of this episode, you must take it all. There are no audio clips allowed, blah, blah, blah. Exclaimer, exclaimer, exclaimer. 
sorry, disclaimer, disclaimer, disclaimer. Um, I, I used to have to do that for a few of the other shows. My other show got blown right up. They took me, uh, and this was one thing too, we were talking about podcasts. I had uh, Becoming the Free was uh, a show that I ran with a buddy of mine out of Texas. And uh, it was, uh, this is a, another piece for podcasting, ladies and gentlemen. This podcast was owned or hosted by a company called Anchor at the time. And then Spotify bought Anchor. So now on this podcast, if, if Spotify doesn't like this podcast, they can nix it. They can actually take it off their platform. So they can take this episode off or they can completely wipe out this podcast if they don't like it. But when Spotify bought Anchor, they blew us up. They took us off everything. So um, I know you've got to get going. You've got a huge, you know, you're a busy guy. I'm, I'm thankful for the time. We got a small got. group tonight. We got a small yeah. group. So, no, I'm fine, uh, dude. I got 10 minutes left. So they got, we got blown up and that was a huge lesson to me. So I moved over, uh, I moved over to Blueberry Podcasting. Uh, Al out, my friend Sam here, who, who, who said do it from the get-go. I didn't listen. Yes. Um, and uh, I did it I did it later. Uh, so, ladies and gentlemen, I'm going to have this link in the in the in the, the comments as well. If you sign up through Sam, you actually save money on on. Uh, on yeah, just use Saturday, all caps in the promo code. Yep. Yeah, Saturday. And I think I have one too. They gave us one, but I don't know what it is. And I'm here promoting you, so I want them to use yours. <laughs> hey, man! Every McDonald's drive-through counts for my little one. So. Yeah, that's right. And again, you've got. I mean, we haven't even talked about your kid. Like you, trials and tribulations. You know, uh, blown up, bloody. Uh, Quiznos up and down the corporate ladder. Uh, your daughter was a preemie with major, major issues. Yep. You know? uh, and in Canada, a lot of that's taken care of, but in the States, you were on the hook for all of that. Financial. Mm, millions. Yeah. Millions of dollars to raise a tiny human. Uh, one pound. Adorable. <laughs> yep. Yep. Born at one pound, 24 weeker. My wife's water broke at 23 weeks, held her in for about five more days. And we delivered her at one pound. They said, you know, she might, she's not going to live maybe past a couple hours. Well, she'll be eight years old this August. And, you know, she has a couple issues uh, as anybody born at that young of an age at, at 24 weeks would have. But that was a crazy time in our life back in 2014 to have to, you know, try to figure out how you're going to provide for your family while your wife's on bed rest. And you got to, you know, still three older kids. You got to get them to school and baths and homework and all that stuff. But my story, it ain't worse than somebody else's, man. You know, at least I had the opportunity. And I thank God I had the actual online business. And a wife that was a great teammate at the time as well that would allow me to go to Vancouver and speak and LA to speak and hurry up and take a red eye back because our daughter was on a ventilator and a trach and all of that. And we didn't sleep for three years, but that was four years ago. <laughs> you know, so like I said, the days are long, but the years are short. Yeah, man, 100%. And another thing too, you were uh, a jet setter, you know, when it came to speaking at the, at the height of this pre-COVID. Do yep. you think that there will ever be the same demand for public speaking the way it was before like events being hosted by anything. I do. I really do. I can see the Tony Robbins of the world and people like that having live events again, because we crave community. We're human beings. We are, we're, we, we travel in packs and tribes and we need that connection. Zoom calls are great. You know, this is great. It serves a purpose. You're 500 miles away from me. We can jump on a zoom call, but there is no, substitute for being in the same room with that energy of people. So I absolutely see live events coming back just the way they were pre-COVID. And you might have people wearing masks or things like that or not going because of, you know, whatever their fear may be around the pandemic. And oh, by the way, I think I speak, I don't speak for you, but for me, uh, you know, I'm in a small group with a bunch of old people, man. They're double backs, triple back. They should be like, these are the most frail, fragile people you've ever met in your life. Me? I'm, I'm back. Everyone in our family is because of our daughter, Susan, and everything that she went through. However, I'm not 
the man, and I know we don't have enough time to go down that road, but I'm pro-vax, not pro-mandate about that. But if people can go to an alive event and they can kind of gauge how safe it's going to be for them. Nobody in my small group should go anywhere right now, even if it were just flu season. You know what I mean? Because it's difficult for them. They're not very healthy people. But live events, there is no, there's just, this isn't any stuff. That event you and I were at, dude, I mean, what was 18,000 people, 15,000 people, something like that at the Toronto Convention Center and the energy that was floating around that hotel. And, you know, it was, it's just incredible the amount of energy that you can have that you just, you can't, I know Tony, oh, there it is. You still got that. Oh my God. It just God. chills out. It's just part of my ethos. I've even got the. I love that, I've man. I've got this pinned on it. I love mom because it was right yeah. around Mother's Day, you know? Well, it was was St. Patrick's Day. Um, And, you know, you and I and Alex were there and I just heard that Pitbull song in the gym the other day. I thought of you turn up the party, (laughs) you know, and, you know, you were there to serve. You didn't make any money. You were there to help me sell podcasting uh, programs and you were just there to help me. And that's why you and I hit it off so well is because you were selling high ticket coaching for me at one time as well. And you did all that just to serve. And I, I think, you know, if everybody had that type of mentality, well, you were like, Sam, how can I help? Yeah. I'm like, I don't know, man. I don't know if you're going to get paid. Like, I don't care. Just how can I help Alex? You know, our buddy, Alex, how can I help? How can I put this uh, online sa- sales funnel together for you? And it's just, that's the people that you want to hang around people who aren't like, well, what do you get? You've never once said ever since I've known you in the last six years, Hey, what's in it for me? You've never said that. Yeah. And that's why you're successful because people who look, we all want to get paid, but you got to have that in mind that you're going to get paid either today or next year from the fruit and the, and the seeds that you plant. So um, there's just no substitute for live events to answer your question. So I absolutely see that coming back bigger and better than ever. Good. Good. I mean, to me, it, it's, you know, again, my, maybe my not Canada. Yeah. Right. Fuck. My popularity <laughs> has gone through the roof um, uh, since COVID started just simply because of supply and demand. Yeah, um, and and people know who I am. I, ironically, or oddly enough, I am um, America is my biggest audience, and my second biggest audience, if you can believe it, is Germany. So you're speaking to a lot of Germans right now. Oh, wow! Ich bin am Basin. I'm dying over here. Yeah, Germany. I love you guys, and and with the stats too, I'm creeping back up. So Australia is really kicking in. I'm curious, what is your second and third? Because I'm assuming that America is your number one, but what are your second and third demographics? I think North America, just in general. So you've got USA and probably Canada close behind Australia, like you, um, Europe, UK, big over there. So all of Europe, specifically the UK. And from there, I don't know, man, it's just, it's, it's a, it's a huge list, but I know the number one, there's a, there is a, there's a list like with blueberry, you get the stats, right? So you've got that. I haven't looked at it in forever. Oh, you should just for fun. I love the Germans. I love that you guys, the Germans are like my number. I love the Germans too, man. Yeah. I've met when I spoke at events in London, I'd been there a few times speaking on stage. The Germans were just an amazing, amazing audience. And they had their translator. uh, They had it translated into all these different languages. There was Germany, Italian, France, Spanish. And it was awesome. Germans were amazing. Yeah. Agreed. So you guys are awesome. And everybody else that's listening, you guys are all awesome too, but definitely shout out to the Germans. Um, I guess we should wrap this up at this point. I mean, is there anything else that you want to add to this? I love these conversations. 
I would want to go longer, but I mean the the, the motivational punch and, and piece is, is is such a good uh, you know a good shot. It's also a nice break from from all the other chaos and ca- and craziness that runs through this show. So yeah, uh, you know, I'm no, I always... think a good, just a good way to end on it. It's crazy right now. It's not as crazy as it was two years ago, unless maybe you're in Canada. But you know, people here in the U.S. have started to be well. Most people, you're always going to have the fringes on both sides, you know. But most people here in the U.S. are finally like, okay. I'm done with it. I'm going to live my life. I'm not afraid of anything. And I got to get back to adding value. That's most people, at least that I know, you know, maybe it's because I seek these people out or they seek me out. But I think this year, 2022 is an absolute amazing year to crush it on the internet or with a podcast, just to get your message out there. And if you want to host a live event, go to your local Hampton Inn or Hilton Garden Inn or something like that. Throw them 50 bucks. That room never gets used off the coffee shop right there in the lobby. Throw them 50 bucks or 100 bucks. Get 10 people in a room and sell 5,000 in coaching on a Saturday in two hours. Everybody can do that. So I think uh, opportunities, the good news is the opportunities are limitless. The bad news is the opportunities are limitless. Get yourself zeroed in on one message that you want to share with somebody and go out there. Look, if I can do it, anybody can do it, man. I don't have this thing like, you know, I don't have a market cornered on how to, you know, get your message out there. I just happen to do it every day. That's one of the things too, that I teach as well. And there are so many people that like basically, you know, they think no one's going to listen to me. The number one pause I get for most people is that why would anyone listen to me? And, you know, there are so many other speakers out there doing this. And I say with a shadow of a doubt that for every person willing to speak for every Sam Crowley out there, there's 150,000 aren't, they aren't willing to speak, but they're willing to listen. They're willing to, to they're willing to take the step up. The number one fear in the world is, is uh, public speaking. The number two fear is death. So the majority of the world would rather be dead than speaking at the funeral. And that's a weird yeah. thing. So if you've got a message and a desire to speak, you're already head and shoulders above the majority of the people out there. So you look, can. I think, if you're a polished speaker, that's going to work against you. People more than ever now want to listen to a podcast like this. We have no prep, no script. You didn't text me ahead of time. You don't even ask. You wouldn't even know what we're going to talk about. Literally hit record. That's <laughs> the best content. If you're somebody that thinks you got to be polished, you won't even have an audience because people don't like that. They just don't, man. It's not. It's no good. And none of my none of my stuff is is scripted. And that, that blows a lot of people away. They're like, how do you, how do you do that? I'm like, I don't know, off the cuff. And again, that's just sort of stuff that, you know, some people could take for granted. I, I didn't think that there was any other way to do it. Also preparation takes time. And then if you do prepare for something like this and it doesn't go the way you want, you get nervous and you sound like an idiot, right? I don't do any edits. I just do a take. So this is you and me got on the recording. It's going to go, it's going to pass through the sound filter and then it's going to go up and that's it. That's it. I agree. That's it. Well, uh, I guess on that note, man, uh, thank you again, even though it isn't the last episode and we all got screwed around with this random flu. Uh, thank you for sharing your time with us again today. And uh, look, dude, anytime, anytime. Yeah. It's always great. It's great to catch up with you. It's been, it's been a long, long time. Uh, we'll do it again at the end of 2022 and see what happens then, man. It'd be cool to see how we start this year and end this year. What happened? For sure. And maybe one day, ladies and gentlemen, maybe one day I'll be on the Everyday Saturday podcast. Oh, for sure. For sure, what? dude. <laughs> But until then, in the infamous words of Red Green, keep your stick on the ice. Thank you for listening to today's Mental Mastery Alliance podcast. Let the team know you're listening by using the hashtag MMA and Mental Mastery Alliance. Want more motivation? Be sure to follow online on Instagram at Mental Mastery Alliance and on Facebook at Mental Mastery Alliance. And remember, your perception creates your reality. Make it a great day. You got it, Pontiac.